Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fartel. Right up front. Younger fan inside of the net. is now in hour number two on this wednesday glad to have you with us as we get ready for the golden knights and the canadians game number two tonight not many people giving the canadians a shot i mean they really weren't giving them a shot heading into game number one but then after the way the knights played and the way the canadians played in that game Again, huge favorites, the Golden Knights, not only in Game 2 tonight, but like we talked about before, the series as well, too. Will they win a game? That is a question. (laughs) I don't know. And uh, I don't know, Frank, you think if the Canadians are going to win a game, it's probably not going to be tonight, but you're thinking what, maybe Game 3? If if they win a game, I believe it will be Game 3. I think Vegas takes care of business once again tonight. They take care of home ice. Uh, for whatever reason, they've come out a little bit sluggish. Montreal came out fast, but Marc-Andre Fleury made sure that that didn't matter in the last game there. But if they go back to Montreal and they're down 2 nothing, Game 3 is an absolute must. So I think they're going to come out on fire that game. If they steal one and Carey Price is absolutely sensational and can outduel Marc-Andre Fleury, I think that would be the game they win. If they lose Game 3 and they go down 3 to nothing. I have a feeling they just might fold the tent and just get swept. So if I was going to say, if you were going to say, Frank, you got to bet one game, Montreal's going to win one, what's it going to be? I would say it will be game three. You know, there is the rhetoric out there as well, too. It's, it's well known that the Canadians are the last Canadian team standing, you know, in this situation. And like we said before, they probably don't even deserve to be there. Yes, they upset Toronto uh, coming back from, you know, that 3-1 deficit, deficit to win in seven games. They sweep. Winnipeg because of Shifley's suspension, or rather injury, well, suspension, yeah. Yeah, he was suspended for the four games, and and Stasny was also injured in in a good thing of that. When you take out two of your top centers, that's a big mountain to climb, especially when you're a team that doesn't have a ton of depth. When we looked at this team on on Monday night, they came in here with a seven-game winning streak, but then they had some chances early on in the first period, but then that quickly subsided, and then I think you, you, you realize, at least I did, and you and I were talking about this, that just like, you know what, they just don't have the talent that the Golden Knights do. They don't have the depth. Uh, you know, they're not as fast. And, you know, if goaltending is supposed to be their strong point, definitely Carey Price was a distant second to Marc-Andre Fleury. I just don't see how the Canadians can can even win a game in this series at this point in time. And that's a broad statement because, again, anybody in the semifinals, you know, you can make the case, hey, this deserve to be here. But the way the Golden Knights are playing right now, they are a very tough team to go against. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, quite frankly, right now are the best team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. They knocked off Colorado, who was the President's Trophy winner. Uh, they were dead even with them on the regular season. Actually had more wins during the season. Again, not as many regulation wins. They're deep. They're healthier than they've been all, all season long. And they have arguably the best goalie, I think, the front runner, the guy that should win the Vezina Trophy between the pipes. 
playing like he's 26 again instead of 36 years old in Marc-Andre Fleury. It seems like everything is going their way. They're going to have home ice in a full stadium. Uh, Montreal, I believe, is going to have uh, – they've just upped it to 3,500 for their next game. That's still not anywhere <laughs> anything like the 18,000 rabid fans that they face at T-Mobile. And the reason that I would give Montreal a chance is because – we haven't seen them have a lead in this series yet. It's only been the one game. We know that in this playoff series, they've been very good with a lead. They're front runners. They, yeah, yeah, they're very good front yeah. runners. They're not built to come from behind. The one goal they had the last game on the power play was absolutely beautiful, but Wasn't that's enough not enough. Yeah. And, and, and again, and they have to stay out of the box as well. As we mentioned yesterday, and, and you mentioned it, three straight penalties on them, the end of the first and then to the start the second. They are not good enough to be killing penalties the whole time. Even though Vegas didn't technically have a power play goal, the one goal that they have right at the end of one, that is the result of of, of power play being out there, the Canadian players being tired. Um, I I don't think Petrie's still coming back yet tonight. Uh, Maybe he'll hit the ice. I haven't heard anything official about it. He's a big player for them. Again, I don't think he's a difference maker. They're not going to win the series if he plays. I don't think he's as big as Shifley was for Winnipeg, for instance. But he is a big player. They're not deep enough at this point right now. And Carey Price is a very good goaltender. And I know players say that, oh, if you have one game, you'd want Carey Price. I, again, I think that was true four or five years ago. I'm not sure that's the case right now. I don't think there's a goalie in the league playing better than Mark Andre Fleury at this point. All right, let's talk to our man Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity. We'll talk about it from the sports book side as well. Matt, what's going on, partner? Hey, TC, how are we doing? We're doing great, man. All right, so uh, you've been doing a little bit of traveling here, right? And I thought we were supposed to be having this conversation live from Churchill Downs. We had the trumpets ready to play. Everything. I mean, uh, right there, live from the track. What's going on? Yeah, uh, we sort of fell victim to the Southwest issues this week. You know, the only direct flight we could get to Louisville for the Niagara Conference was Southwest. You know, they had issues with their third-party weather provider on Monday, had to cancel flights. It was a zoo at McCarran yesterday with all the people that didn't get to fly out Monday. They are trying to fly out Tuesday. And then they had electronic issues again yesterday. We spent two and a half, almost three hours on a plane before they finally told us uh, that plane wasn't going to go and deboarded us. And it uh, looks like a no-go on my trip to Louisville all of a sudden. Well, I mean, no, I'm, not like, I'm not liking hearing any of this, Matt, because you know I've got some trips planned uh, on Southwest here in the next month or, or so. You know, my, my summertime uh, baseball vacations here. I'm not, I'm not liking this. The Southwest better turn around and get it together. It's not a good week for Southwest. Their stock price is tumbling this week. And, and look, I've had to do five straight weeks now of travel. This is my, this would have been my seventh trip in five weeks, and I usually fly American or Delta. Yeah. Only chose Southwest because of, they had a direct to Louisville, and um, it's the only trip that got messed up. So not a fan of Southwest Airlines. Yeah, I'm, I've been a Delta guy for a long time, too. But occasionally, like I said, with some of these closer trips – you, you do Southwest. I, I get that. So interesting. Uh, well, the good news is you get to stay home and in a little R and R. Then, man, see that's yeah. good. The wife's happy, there or maybe go. I don't know. Maybe she's secretly upset. That's, that's a good point. She, she's she's right now. She's saying, "Damn Southwest." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, we're talking Golden Knights and Canadians here. Uh, thoughts on Game One? Let's look ahead to Game Two. Another pricey favorite. If you like the home team. 
Yeah, look, I mean, they couldn't have looked any better in periods two and three. They got off to a bit of a slow start, as everyone who watched the game saw. I think critical chances in the first period were 7-1 to one in favor of Montreal, yet the score was 1-0 Vegas, so they were a little bit fortunate in the first period. The actual, you know, the computer algorithms running the score, I think, said it should have been 1.72 for Montreal to... for Vegas, but it was still 1-0 at the end, Vegas the end of the first period, and they dominated periods two and three. The problem with betting this series now is they you know, the Knights are anywhere from a minus 1100 to minus 1400 favorite, despite only being up 1-0, and if you bet Vegas tonight at minus 280 and lose, basically you have to bet them and win the next three games in a row to close out the series to basically break even. So if you pick Vegas and you're wrong tonight or just in one game, you can't make money for the series betting Vegas. So tricky situation betting on the money line. We don't normally see money line favorites of almost one to three in the you know in the semifinals for the Stanley Cup trophy, but that's the situation we have here. And and if you listen to any analyst, Frank follows the Knights as well as anyone, they're gonna tell you how the Knights can't lose, right? And but betting is betting and the books, you know, they build these huge casinos because if it was that easy we'd all be rich. So I certainly don't want to lay one to three. I think if I was gonna break this game down, I would say can Montreal come out and play like they did in, in the first period and, and translate some of those chances into goals, if, if I believe so, then over five might have some appeal here. Because the one thing that Montreal has been doing in series versus Toronto and Winnipeg is putting the puck in the net. And while their goaltending, Carey Price, hasn't been the Carey Price of old, and I don't necessarily think they have the defensive chops to keep Vegas out of the net, if we think that they can get two goals themselves, then the, the over of only five goals certainly has some value. But other than that, I don't know how you bet this game tonight. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, that you talk about that total, Matt, because I know some people are saying, well, the under came in the last game. That under came in despite the fact that there was five goals on the board with, I believe, 9.54 left. And then yeah. at the 4.30 mark, they pull the goalie. You're thinking that the odds are there's going to be an empty netter or Montreal is going to get one with the six-on-five advantage. That didn't happen because Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head. But if Vegas gets a lead again tonight, we know that Montreal is not afraid to pull the goalie. In fact, they will. They pulled it with four and a half minutes the last game. I believe in that one game in Toronto, they pulled it with like six or six and a half left. So when you're leaving a goal unopened for that length of time, the odds of getting a garbage goal or an empty net goal, whatever you want to call it, I mean, that would scare the hell out of me to play the under. Yeah, I think the over is the way to go tonight. And there's some books that are five and a half, and if you bet the five and a half over, you can get some plus money around plus one thirty. But I don't mind laying a dollar thirty over five. There's a high push probability with that five, but I also think there's a good chance they get to six, and I think there's a very good chance to either push or win that bet. I think over five is the way to play this game tonight. And Montreal knows they can't, they're not going to be able to grind out a one nothing win. And it's easy to say, everyone always says when you have an inferior team, well, they have to play the best defense and they have to play a perfect game. 
I actually think Montreal needs to come out and get some goals and do what they did in the first period of game one, which is get some good chances on the net. I mean, Fleury was amazing, but Montreal had some really good chances. If they could find the back of the net, I could see him getting two at the end of the day and Vegas winning this thing four to two, five to two. I like the over tonight. I agree with you. I think the over is good. It presents definitely some value, but then, you know, you almost have to view it like a, a boxing or even UFC. And I use boxing a lot too. Like, you know, we have no problem laying three, four, five, or six dollars if it's Canelo Alvarez or something like that when you see that kind of advantage. Now, it's tough in, in team sports. You usually don't have that. I can make the case for myself that, hey, I have no problem laying that in boxing because it's mano a mano. But when you really look at these two teams and the way the first game went, Matt, and the eye test, I mean, can you really even give Montreal a shot here? And I know hockey, anything can happen, and I get that. I I really do. But when you just line these two teams up, it does look like it's all Golden Knights. And then I'll throw this in there as well, too. You know, to factor in like what Frank points out about pulling Carey Price and Montreal's famous for, for, for doing that, then why not take a shot on the puck line with the Golden Knights? Because you're getting basically even money at that point in time, especially considering the Golden Knights' prowess for scoring, Montreal's lack thereof, and if they fall behind again by one or two goals, you probably have a good two, three, four minutes of, of empty net uh, time there. The problem is the... NHL is a lot like Major League Baseball in that, you know, at the end of the day, the good teams tend to be there at the end because they play so many games. But on a day-to-day, game-to-game basis, would you lay $3 with anyone in baseball? No, no. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, if you did, at the end of the day, I guarantee you, if you bet every one of those $3 favorites, you're down money. Because the good teams don't win three times more in baseball than the bad teams. Just like in hockey, your better teams don't win. Vegas, if they played this whole season over, wouldn't win three times as many games as the Montreal Canadiens. They didn't win that many this season. Laying minus 280 to minus 1 to 3, is if these two teams played each other 100 times, Vegas would win, what, 62 Montreal would win 38. That's probably where we'd end up. But if you laid minus 280 every game, you'd be on the losing side and you'd lose a whole bunch of money. Yeah, but I think you also have to look at it, too. And you're right with everything you're saying. But we're talking about a playoff game here. And I don't think I've ever seen a Major League Baseball playoff game if it's a, say, NLCS, ALCS, or even a World Series game where we're going to have minus 280s. I mean, that doesn't happen because, you know, the the teams are, are very balanced or they're comparable. In this situation, this is kind of one of those freak situations where, you know, Montreal in a regular season wouldn't even be making the playoffs. But because they played in that Canadian division and they pulled off an upset and then they got uh, to go against a, a team with their best player got suspended. I think it was, this is kind of an anomaly and I think we're going to see the Golden Knights, you know, heavy favorites for the rest of this series, no matter if it's on the road or at home. Yeah, and maybe you're right. I just, look, I'm always nervous about laying more than $2 in baseball or hockey. And so for that reason, I can't play. Regular season, I agree with you. Totally agree. I do. And and I do think that's a big difference, too, because of the playoffs here. The other thing, too, is, uh, and I understand your your comparison to the baseball, but in baseball, you wouldn't have Marc-Andre Fleury being the ace of your staff starting every single game like you can in hockey. And he's been sensational right now. And plus, you also, at this time of the year, you're usually looking at who are teams trying to overcome with injuries. 
Vegas is the healthiest they've been all season. Thomas Nosek was on the ice today. He looks like he's ready to go. I haven't even heard any talk of getting him back in the lineup because they don't want to mess up with the chemistry right now. It seems like no matter what button Pete DeBoer pushes, it's the right one because everything is just firing for these guys right now. If they can beat Colorado in four straight games, I don't see any reason why they can't beat Montreal tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's how you bet the series is you take a shot because you could still get plus money on the sweep. Maybe you take a shot that Vegas sweeps. Maybe you play the over tonight. Yeah. Maybe you just go out there and say, you know what, there's too much value for me on, on minus 280 because I think it should be minus 400. But it's hard to convince me that there's ever value in any situation in minus 280 in a hockey game money line. There you go. All right, NBA playoffs tonight, Matt, and we get into some point spreads here now. And we've got two intriguing games tonight. And one, uh, the Utah Jazz, that line has skyrocketed up because news coming out today that Kawhi Leonard is injured. He has a knee sprain. We know Kawhi Leonard will not play tonight, Game 5 in Utah. There is a possibility that he may be done for the series. Yeah, and I think it's most likely now that he's, if not out for at least this series, that he might be out for the Western Conference Finals as well. It does not look good for Kawhi. I think it's pretty safe to say that he's out for this series. But on the other side, Utah's without Mike Conley. He's going to be out tonight, and he's probably done for the series as well. He's been sort of hindered in this series anyway. I think eight and a half's a bit high. The problem is, is now there's a lot of pressure on Paul George, and historically, let's face it, for you know, I don't want to be another guy in the media or on air beating up on Paul George and his ability to come through in crunch time but he doesn't have the best track record of coming through in crunch time. So now all of a sudden we're dependent on Paul George. That may not be the best situation here with the L.A. Clippers, but I still think that this spread has gotten a little wide. If you shop around right now, there's plenty of eight and a half here in town in Las Vegas. And boy, that feels uh, a little bit long for the, a little bit wide for these two teams. And let's remember too, Donovan Mitchell is not one hundred percent as well. I mean, there are some big question marks heading into game number four. Um, you know, last time these two teams met, and so I mean, he's going to play, and he, you know, he's he's phenomenal. But again, a team without Kawhi Leonard, especially the way the Clippers that we've seen during the course of, of the playoffs and even the regular season, they are schizo. There's no doubt about it. And without Kawhi Leonard, this Clippers team is a totally different team altogether. Yeah, they are, but. I, I do think that that margin's a little wide. If yep. you forced me to bet that game, I would only take the plus eight and a half. I wouldn't lay the eight and a half. I mean, Mike Conley's a difference maker player too, when healthy. He's not out there tonight. Uh, I mean, let's face it, Clippers were a road favorite in game two. Is Kawhi Leonard worth ten and a half points? Boy, I've never seen any NBA player worth double digits. LeBron in his prime was worth six. How can we say Kawhi's worth 10? That means the value has to be on the Clippers, and some of the best bets that we make are the ones that we have to hold our nose while we do it. Yeah, and the thing about it is, I believe this line opened Utah 2.5 after game number four because they thought Kawhi Leonard was going to play. We get word today now, like you said, it's 8.5. So really, that's a six-point jump, correct? Yeah, and that's as good as anybody we've ever seen. Yeah, right, right. All right, how about if I talk you into a teaser with the two favorites? We'll go with Utah to Philly. I mean, Philly is another team that looked like they had game four. They blew it. Embiid uh, was horrible in the second half. 
Trey Young, we know, can get hot at any time. How do you see Philly hosting Atlanta tonight? Oh, teaser TC, I wish I was your buddy. (laughs) (laughs) God, if I could only book teasers. Man, the money I would make. Uh, 12.5% theoretical hold. Yes, I don't like it. So I don't want to, first of all, I don't want to play a teaser. But if you forced me to play a teaser here tonight, I would definitely end up on both dogs, Atlanta and Clippers. Because now I'm catching 13 with the Hawks or, you know, and then 14 and a half potentially with the Clippers. Boy, that's a lot of points. And at the end of the day, look, this Atlanta games have been razor close. Game four again decided right down the stretch. Both teams a little bit banged up, but everybody's supposed to play, and, and Trey Young has just come to play in these games. And the thing about Atlanta is they were playing good basketball down the stretch. This isn't Trey Young caught fire in the postseason and they weren't supposed to do anything. They were supposed to beat the Knicks and did, and, and they were playing really well down the stretch, and now they've caught an Atlanta team without a fully healthy Embiid who we know was, was basically just barely above average without Embiid during the regular season. And they are very live in this series. I guess maybe if you wanted me to jump in with you on the Jazz side, two and a half, okay. I could probably be talked onto that side just as easily as taking the Clippers. So I would tease either side of that game and, you know, and feel okay about it. But in that first game, if you're talking, would I rather have Atlanta plus 13 or Philly minus one? I think it's plus 13 because I don't think either team could blow the other one out. Yeah, hey, this, the, both those teams are, are a little bit crazy, a little schizo. I, I, I do like the Jazz tonight, but again, not, not at eight and a half. Hey, man, yeah. I, I know we've been talking a little bit about some of the guys that are banged up in that, and certainly at this time of year you're going to get that, but it seems like this year even more so than normal and with a lot of big names out there. LeBron James recently came out and said that all the injuries are attributed to the fact that there was too short of an off season this year and they jumped right back into basketball. What do you think about that, and how does that affect your handicapping when it seems like on any given night uh, guys are going down in bunches? And, again, it's not necessarily just role players. It's some of the biggest names in the game. Uh, Boy, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I mean, he should just run for president, right? He has all the answers all of a sudden. Look, I I couldn't disagree more with what LeBron said, and I thought the timing of it was really sort of lazy and convenient. It's, you know, convenient journalism, we call it, where – because these guys were hurt, suddenly we say it's because of something else that that basically took place almost six months ago. And, and I don't think that that's true. We all knew ahead of time that this was going to be a difficult season. We saw a lot of players rest extra games during the regular season. And the, they played less games during the regular season this year. And it didn't affect any of these players in the first round. They all seemed fine. So, But it, because it's suddenly they had injuries this round, it's because of the start of the season. Gosh, that's a really far reach to get to. An awful convenient journalism by LeBron James. It's kind of his M.O., though, isn't it? <laughs> yes. No. Matt Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity, talking from the betting side as well, too. Matt, let's talk a little Major League Baseball here. And uh, we've got uh, injuries, more and more injuries we're seeing. We're seeing the controversy here with the, the pitching, the homemade uh, batches of rosin and the sunscreen, all this other nonsense. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this. Uh, give us your take, and here we go back to the integrity side of, of sports again. You know, Tyler Glass now was very vocal from the 
uh, Tampa Bay Rays about this. Uh, we see Max Scherzer come down with an injury last week. He leaves the game in the first inning. Uh, we may see more and more of these injuries with pitchers. Uh, again, you know whether they're doctoring up, not doctoring up, but Major League Baseball is definitely going to be on the lookout here uh, with umpires at this situation. Do you think their ruling of coming down and say, hey, if we catch you 10 games, is that sufficient? You know, no sport in the history of major sports in the United States, and I always talk about the big six, college football, college basketball, NHL, MLB, NFL, NBA, sort of the big six in the United States. No league has ever been more impacted from a game mechanic standpoint than Major League Baseball. Let's face it, before betting was legal, and now it's not just the fact that betting is legal, it's the fact that there's so much micro-betting. Who's getting it? Will the next uh, batter get a hit? Will he get a home run? There's so much little tiny micro-betting. Will there be a run scored in this half an inning? that everything is under the microscope now. And we saw an NHL referee this year have his contract terminated and him be banned for life for making one comment that he may have called a power play that didn't exist because it was a makeup call. So everything's under the microscope. But let's face it, no league has done things more, let's call it nefariously, uh, throughout the history of its existence with the fans sort of knowing, everyone knowing it was happening, than Major League Baseball. But now with so much micro-betting, what happens is that same better who, that same baseball fan who four years ago didn't care that the pitchers were doctoring the baseballs, didn't care that Jose Altuve had a buzzer on his chest, didn't care that batters were getting people waving to him from center field with wife beaters and flashlights and lasers, rampant cheating and trash cans and every way you think you, that they could cheat, they were cheating, steroids, everything. But now that same guy who didn't care about all that rampant cheating five years ago walks up to the counter, makes a $100 bet, and loses, and they find that there's extra rosin on the ball or the rotations per, you know, the, the rotations per second or whatever it is are, are five times what they should be, and he's saying, whoa, this cheating can't happen. And baseball's going, oh, my goodness. This has gone on for a hundred years, these things. Why does everyone suddenly care? And the reason is simple, legal sports betting. This is giving people so much more access and focus on the microcosms and the the smaller aspects of the game because they're betting on them then suddenly nobody, people do care about all these things that really have existed for years. And I think if you're Major League Baseball at this point, you can't pick and choose which ones you clean up. You have to say no more buzzers, no more trash cans, no more stealing signs, no more sunscreen on the visors, no more rosin under the armpit. You just have to do a clean sweep if you really want to remain one of the premier leagues in the U.S., and be embraced by sports betting. And I can tell you as a big league in the U.S., you need to be embraced by sports betting. So if you're MLB, you might as well clean sweep it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess we'll see how it all plays out and that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, like you said, I mean, the thing that always kind of cracked me up about baseball, and we talked about this yesterday, TC and myself, when we had Chris Basio on, it's like, Certain cheating is okay. Stealing signs from second base is okay, but stealing them from somebody in the stands is not okay. Doing this is okay, but, you know, there's like those unwritten rules of baseball that half the players go and they go, 
well, wait a second. If they're unwritten, how do I know about them or whatever? But it's always been kind of a given. But it is interesting that now we pick and choose, and maybe it is changed a lot because of the sports betting thing of people saying it's like, well, yeah, right, this is okay, get it benefit. It benefited me, but this one here, I don't like that. I lost that wager. Yeah, that's right. Of course, yeah. But no one was even talking about it before wagering, really. I mean, how long have we seen these baseball caps by pitchers with, like, four different colors and look like they're dripping stuff out of some size? And no one has ever cared. They care now because the betting aspect. The problem for MLB is how do you suddenly stop something that's gone on for so long? Yeah, and I think one of those things, too, okay, we talk about gamesmanship. And then there's, there's cheating. And I think it's real easy to draw the line here. I mean, gamesmanship is, hey, you're always you know, trying to, to, to see what the catcher's putting down. You're trying to steal signs. You're looking at that pitcher. Okay? Uh, batters are doing it. Hitting coaches. Pitching coaches are doing it. Managers are doing it. You're trying to see, okay, how many times does this guy you know, glance over to second base when a runner's on second and that sort of thing. That's just gamesmanship. And if you can try to, to see, pick off. I mean, we used to have a guy all the time. Just de- his dedication was to, to check out what the third base coach is doing to the hitter, to pick up their bunt signs, to pick up their steal signs. Okay, that's gamesmanship. But I think it's real easy when you say, "Okay, uh, Vaseline under your cap, or something under your armpit, or pine tar." That situation, you're taking a substance. And I think it's real easy to say when you're taking substance to alter the way a baseball is going to be delivered or the way it's going to be hit or something of that nature, that's illegal, that's done, and sure, you've been able to get away with it. But again, you were able to get away with it pre-13 to 25 television cameras in your building, okay, uh, without you know uh, four to six umpires you know, in a game. Now with technology and everything else, I mean, sure, you cannot get away with that as much anymore. The game has evolved. Technology has evolved. And, you know, the discipline has evolved, too. I mean, Gaylord Perry, what was he ever – was he ever suspended? Was he ever fined? Or, or whatever happened with him and so many other guys like that, the Negroes and, and everybody else? Well, Gaylord Perry made money off his book, Me and the Spitter. Yeah, right. That, that's my point. But during the course of the time, it's like, oh, yeah, it was acceptable. So if you say – like. Matt said, it's like, okay, this is not going to be acceptable. To me, it's simple, okay? Substances, that's it, okay? Then you're going to be – treat that like you do with the guy who tested positive for steroids and suspend him for 80 games or 100 games or whatever it is. Plain and simple. But even that, you could say in some ways in that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying I'm for steroids here. But, you know, you buy something from Vegas Discount Nutrition, a supplement over the counter, that's okay. You take a steroid. Oh, well, now, wait a second. This was created in a lab, and it yeah. costs a little more or something like that. So this isn't okay. You know, I mean, even, you know, it's like you can do so much to build up your body, but you can't go over the board and do this thing here. So, you know, there are varying things of, you know, what is and what isn't. And then you also have some of the people that, quite frankly, say, well, if everybody's doing it, isn't it a level playing field? And and I'll say this, too, that, you know, not that I'm a defender of the Astros here, okay? It's going to come across that way, but... The Astros were sign-stealing. And I know Matt said, you know, they're using a buzzer, hitting a trash can or whatever. the drum slowly. Yeah, so what? Okay, you're not altering the baseball. It's part of the gamesmanship, no different than the, the guy on second base trying to pick up the catcher's sign. It is the exact same thing. And you know what the guy on second base does? He relays that sign to the hitter. 
You know, whether it's tapping your helmet two times or tapping the inside of your thigh. So what? You're banging a garbage can. Seriously, that's gamesmanship. Guess what? You still have to see if you're right. I'm guessing that that's going to be a fastball. And now I still have to hit that fastball coming at 96 to 98 miles an hour and hit it squarely, solidly. Not pop it up, not swing and miss. So the substance on the baseball of the pitchers, totally different than what we're talking about with the gamesmanship. And yes, the Astro thing is just gamesmanship. It's no different. But if you know the 96-mile-an-hour fastball is coming and not Good the 82-mile-an-hour changeup well, is coming, it, it certainly increases your odds. But you've been able to pick that up for a long time. You come in with a guy that you know out of the bullpen, he doesn't have a curveball. He doesn't have a slider. If you do your homework or you see what his pattern is, he's a first-ball fastball pitch uh, 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 delivery, you know? You know that sort of thing. Again, that's part of the scouting the games, but then you still have to execute it in what? You know, three tenths of a second in the delivery so it still helps to know what's coming well yeah but there's other ways that people do figure that out without banging trash cans you know so then why do they bang a trash can you know try to get the advantage because they're stupid go ahead go ahead matt stupid enough to get a world series out of it you heard i mean what outside of their gm getting canned and he basically took the took the punishment for everybody yeah 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 And, and, and and rightfully so no problem with that all right all right matt you got any parting words with all that? No, I'm with you on the substances. They got to go. And, and at the end of the day, while we're doing this clean sweep of all the substances and all the other issues and trying to clean up baseball, can we please ban the shift? Yeah. <laughs> ban the shift. Ban the shift. So there's another great argument, though, a great discussion, okay? Why can't you put anybody wherever you want to? There's no lines on the field, okay? There's no well, offsides do. here, you know what I'm they saying? Do. I mean, how, how, many can... t- how many times in, in late in a game or something like that? Sometimes you'll see five infielders mm-hmm. and there's two outfielders if, right. if the, you know, the but, go-ahead run, but why are we, run is there. But why are we saying banning the shift? And, and, and I'm with you, it does drive me People nuts. They don't like it. They don't like it, that's right. But is it perfectly legal? It's 100% legal. I mean, how about this one? They changed our game. Hit we the ball to the opposite side. Guy over, he steals a base, and you manufacture runs. The problem with the shift that now is you can't get enough consecutive hits to manufacture runs, so it's all single, walk, strikeout, home run. But you can, Matt, if you uh, are a good hitter, because it's real easy to hit the ball the opposite way. I know if I'm a left-handed hitter and I see the, the shortstop is playing on the uh, right side of second base. I'm, I'm going that. We see Michael Brantley. We see guys do that all the time. But the problem is, everyone in their mindset is is has got you know to be a pull hitter, or these guys are thinking power and all that sort of thing. So let's put the onus on the hitters and say, okay, you see the shift, beat the shift. You don't get ten million dollars hitting singles. They're not trying to hit that. And like you said, quite honestly, and we don't see it. I don't know why we don't see it more often. An easy way to beat the shift is bunt. Yeah, exactly. 100%. That's correct. No, nobody ever, oh, uh, that's not macho enough. Yeah. I'd rather make it out and go back to the dugout. Yeah. But guess what? The shift will stop if you start bunting down the third base line and, you're, and you have the bases loaded now or you have two runners on every time you do this, then all of a sudden they're going to stop the shift. So th- that's why we're seeing the shift right now. I think, oh, we're predictable because no one can go the opposite way. That's why we have the shift. You know, this guy's a pull hitter. Okay. It, it, advantage defense. Hey, I major, get that. In Major League Baseball, shift happens. Yeah, it does. <laughs> hey, good stuff, man. I'm sorry we kept you so long, Matt, but uh, this is great stuff when we have you on, man. All across the board, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a great day. All Take right. Care. Enjoy. And I'm with you. You know one way to beat the shift? Yeah. 
put substance on the baseball. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stop, you cheater. Can't do that. All right. I think I'm with Matt. The over tonight. Makes a lot of sense. Golden Knights and the Canadians. I think I'm with Could what be a I goal do. fest. I think I'm with what I do every other game. I'm just watching a game. You're not watching? You're not going to be on your computer? You're not going to be on I, your phone? You're not, not going to go four to five to six, seven to eight, nine bets uh, you know, per game? No. Well, Play that man his money. You're what? not going to go the sea win special? Why, why would I bet on something that I can actually handicap and I probably have better odds on when I can lose money playing video poker once what? in a while? <laughs> What's the sea win special, by the way? What do you think that is? I don't is know. Is the C1 special uh, the Caveman Kino, or is it the, the $5 uh, uh, multi-team parlay? I, I think it's a multi-team parlay with the uh, oh. Caveman Kino dessert. There it is. <laughs> so that would be a parlay in effect, right? Yes, exactly. It's like the yes. day-night doubleheader. Yes. Remember, oh, 1-800-LOSE-WITH-WIN. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny about this? Because we all were talking about the under in game one. Everybody had the under. And I think I was even showing you. I go, look at this. It went up to minus 150 on the under. So instead of moving the number like down to five, he said, like, oh, we're going to keep it at five and a half. And then sure enough, our good friend C. Wynn comes in, and he's got the under. And so I said, okay, well, now I feel like I'm jinxed, and everyone who has the under is, is jinxed. But nope, guess what? We all won, except one person didn't win. Who was that, Frank? That was C. Wynn because he had the under with another game. He had the parlay. He had the he Sixers. He can't ever just make a straight bet. <laughs> it's got to be a parlay. Wait, he will make a straight bet, but he'll only do a straight bet if it's big-time plus money. Wouldn't surprise me if he bets the Canadians tonight, because, like, plus 235, because, see, bet a little, win a lot. Uh, if, he, if he bets the Canadians, he's going to bet the total or something on it, too. It won't yeah. just be a straight bet. Yeah. It, be. It's only, it's only be, like, 225. It, it'll be more. No, oh, it, it won't be enough. Don't bet the Canadians. Canadians have no shot tonight. You can do it! Well, they have a shot, but, unfortunately for them, Mark andre Fleury is going to stop it. Exactly. <laughs> Correct him in doubt. C-Win, by the way, great guy. Great guy. Great we guy. love you, C-Win. And not only is he you know, uh, a colleague of ours, but uh, he's a loyal listener as well, and I love that. So, he's he's, we he's got a really good guy, guy, but he, he just, he's got to have action. Yeah. You ever seen him pick up the tab anywhere? Like, go out, go out to eat? Has he ever picked up a tab? I don't, I mean. Yeah, see? The answer is no on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't say that I've ever been in a scenario where we're all like, I mean, like the. the I think co- he avoids those type of scenarios. Well, I think the couple times that I that I've met him someplace to watch a game or something like that, we've all just kind of paid our own bills in that. Okay. So, okay. You know, so I can't say that he hasn't picked up a tab. We just haven't. It hasn't been that way. Like, hey, come on, I'll buy you dinner or something. I've never had him say, oh, "Come on, I'll buy you dinner." But then I've never told him, "Come on, I'll, I'll buy you dinner either." So no soup for you. He hasn't. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not a big soup guy, especially when it's yeah. 115 outside. Yeah. <laughs> I love soup anytime. No doubt about it. All right. We come back a little bit more VGK, Major League Baseball, and more. T.C. Martin Ballpark, Frank, on a Wednesday. I do exactly what I want to do. It's It's the the Dr. Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. On this Wednesday, get ready for the Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens. They'll face off at 6 o'clock tonight at the Fortress. Game 2, then the series will shift to Montreal. 5 p.m. on those games. 5 p.m. on those games. And we got a 
VGK Watch Party on Friday. So we'll be doing the show from Sunset Station, of course, 2 to 4 p.m. And come on down, see that, and be there for the Golden Knights Canadians game number three, 5 o'clock inside Club Madrid. Always a fun time. And and those doors open at 4, so right. right when we're getting off, the doors will open if you want to come there and make sure that you get to the, the table that you want and you know settle back or whatever. You know, I went to the VGK watch party last week when the game was in Colorado, and I will tell you, a great setting there in Club Madrid. Chuck Esposito, Brian Blessing do a fantastic job, and the prizes are phenomenal. If you go to this watch party... And I don't want to guarantee anything, but pretty close. Just about everybody is going to win something because you get a drawing ticket when you go in, and then they have the drawings usually uh, at every break. And I saw just about everybody won. Or when Brian feels like it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, so the game I was there, it, it was, I couldn't believe that everybody basically won a prize. So you have a good shot. Let's just say that you have a great opportunity to win a prize. And we're talking about uh, gift certificates to the restaurants there, uh, VGK, uh, memorabilia, hats, uh, shirts. I know they also have a deal on Friday again, and they did it last game. Uh, I don't know who the player is this time, but there's usually an autographed stick or jersey or something that they have uh, for yes. people that sign up yes. for the uh, for the mobile app. They had so, the Mark Stone uh, stick. Yeah, it was yeah. the Mark Stone last time. I believe I heard Brian say that it's something with Ryan Reeves this time. Good. I, I do not know that for 100% certainty, but uh, I will try to confirm that. But, Would that be a but, water timer? Water timer? Yeah, you know, uh, watering your lawn, yeah, probably the timer, not, yeah. you get that. Uh, no, I, I think it's a check if you don't do that properly. Yeah, that's so. a deal. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I believe it's what, you can't water your lawn right now from like 9 a.m. till oh, 6 p.m. or something? Or, yeah. I mean, basically, you know what? When you walk outside and you feel like you walk into an oven, don't water your lawn. It's pointless. Well, you should never water your lawn anyway during the heat of the day. I mean, that's No, that's what I'm saying. That's Especially common when it's knowledge, right? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but common knowledge is an endangered species in a lot of places. I, I, I don't know. know if you're aware of that. I'm, I'm, I'm driving <laughs> through my neighborhood and I see people watering at three and four in the afternoon, five o'clock. I'm going. I don't get it. And the even yeah. worse one is when Early you see morning, the broken sprinkler heads in that that are watering the sidewalks in the yeah, street. There's nothing irritating, more irritating than that. That drives me nuts. No question about. It. Yeah, let's water cement. That, that's really good. Uh, all right, hey, uh, back to some Major League Baseball. We were uh, talking with Matt Holt regarding uh, Tyler Glass now. And uh, we'll have T.J. Reeves on tomorrow, our Tampa Bay guy. And Tyler Glass now, the pitcher for the Rays, just really incensed about all of this talk about the 10-game suspension. And he went on a little bit of a tirade. We're going to play some of this tomorrow when T.J. is on. But let's give everyone just a little taste about what Tyler Glass now is thinking about these situations here if a pitcher gets busted for doctoring up the baseball. Ball. So I'm going from like a flexed muscle to letting a ball go. And like I said, I was like, maybe it's not going to, I don't think it'll lead to any injuries, but waking up after that start, I was like, okay, this sucks. Something is, is weird here. And then that same feeling is persisting all week long. And then I go into my start yesterday and that same feeling just, it pops or whatever the hell happened to my elbow. Like I feel it, something happens. And I, I'm, I'm sitting out there just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And the whole day yesterday, I'm sitting there trying to get a grip on a ball and I'm not trying to blame anyone. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, this is all MLB's fault. Like, they got thrown into this situation, too. They're doing the best they possibly can to navigate around this. They're trying to make this fair for people. I understand that. But you can't 
whether you want us to not use sticky stuff or not is, is, is fine. Fine. Do it in the off season. Give us a chance to adjust to it. But I just threw 80 something, 70, whatever innings. And then you just told me I can't use anything in the middle of the year. I had to change everything I've been doing the entire season, everything out of the window. I have to start doing something completely new. And then I'm telling you, I truly believe that's why I got hurt. Me throwing a hundred and being six, seven is why I got hurt, but that contributed and so I'm, I'm just frustrated that, like, they don't understand how hard it is to pitch one, but to tell us to do something completely different in the middle of a season is insane. I just don't it's, – it's ridiculous. There has to be some give and take here. You can't just take away everything and not add something. Pitchers need to be able to have some sort of control or some sort of grip on the ball. And I, I just don't want things like this to happen to somebody else. I don't want a fastball to sail away and hit somebody in the face like it already has. So I just think, like, I understand you need to take an aggressive approach here, but, like, I just think people are going about it all wrong. And I'm sitting here, my lifelong dream, I want to go out and win a Cy Young. I want to be an all-star. And then now it's all just shit on because, I like, now it's over. And I can't – I and now I have to try and rehab to come back in the playoffs. So I'm clearly frustrated. It's just I think there needs to be a lot more – People need to, to figure this out. You can't just tell us to use nothing. It's crazy. Tyler Glasnow, frustrated. Could you tell? I just wish he would just express himself and quit, you know, <laughs> dancing around the plate like pitchers like to do or whatever, you know. Just throw it right over the heart. Of, no, he's obviously frustrated. And you know what? When we just spoke with Chris Basio, what did he tell us? Look for injuries to yes. pitchers. Because, they, again, and like he said, not only are they asking pitchers to change what they've been doing all season – they're asking pitchers to basically change what they've been doing since they were professionals. And maybe some even in high school and college and other places. Uh, that's another thing that Chris told us. This stuff goes on in college. wouldn't surprise me if some of the better coaches or the more advanced coaches teach it in high school and that as well. They've been doing this their whole life. And now all of a sudden you're saying on June 21st we're cracking down and, and busting everybody for it? It kind of is insane. I understand their frustration, and maybe they think there's too many no-hitters and perfect games and the batting averages ain't what they want to be. Well, the shift is one of the reasons that we just talked about recently. Uh, the fact that everybody swings to the fences and you don't have those singles and doubles hitters anymore because everybody wants the long ball and the $10 million contract, and now you want the pitchers to have a less of an advantage with this kind of stuff here. I get the substance thing, but to change it this time of the season, if it is going to cause injuries... And what's one of the other things last just said there? I don't want to see some pitcher lose control of the ball and hit somebody in the face like has already happened. Are we going to see that more? If you're a pitcher now, do you maybe intentionally, unintentionally throw one inside and go, whoops, got away from me. I don't have the normal grip on the ball. All right, so here's what this is to me. All right, This is a guy that's making excuses and he's defending the cheating aspect. Okay, what is cheating, what we talked about? When you're taking a substance. And he's sitting there saying that this could increase injuries. Here's the bottom line, what he's saying. Why do you expect us to change what we're doing? What he's saying is, for the most part, and like Chris Bosio said too, most of these guys are using something. It is illegal. You've gotten away from it because people have turned a blind eye or they haven't caught you yet. Why is the rosin bag back there? You want to talk about change what we're doing in this and that? The reason why the rosin bag is there and is legal is because that's what pitchers use. Going back to Little League, high school, okay? I'm former pitcher here talking, okay? No, not at the major league level, but everything else. It's like you know what you can do and what you don't do. Baseballs are slick. We get that. They, they, they muddy them up. They do a lot of stuff. Get that. 
But that's why the rosin is there. The rosin takes care of the grip. Not the sunscreen, not the Brill cream, not the Vaseline, the rosin. That's why it's there and it's perfectly fine and legal and no one complains about that. That is perfectly fine with hitters, managers, everybody. But what he's saying here is, listen to what he's saying. Change what we're doing in the middle of the season. That's because... No one has stopped everybody else from using these homemade mixtures, these sunscreens, whatever else they're doing. Use the rosin, and you don't have a problem with the grip. But the rosin doesn't give the same grip, it obviously. Does. It does. It obviously... I'll tell you from experience. I When I use rosin... How many rosin, times did you use a homemade thing that you did something? Never homemade, the, but the, I'm saying the rosin is... Per, that's but the spin rotations and other things do prove the numbers out that they are less since they've been cracking down on this kind of stuff. And you mentioned the fact, well, yeah, he's advocating cheating, and you're right about that. Mm-hmm. But what is it about baseball that when they know everybody's cheating, they don't care about it, and then once they do, then they make a hard line in the sand and say it's all over? They all knew that every they knew that Sosa McGuire and everybody else were doing steroids. It helped baseball. It's all good. Oh wait, now people are giving us backlash about it. Let's keep them all out of the Hall of Fame and say they're all cheaters. They all knew what was going on. They all know this is going on. Every pitcher does it. Every team does it. All that. But now people are complaining, so now they're going to take the holy high ground and say we're going to make a change in the middle of the season. I kind of agree with Glass here. Is it cheating? Yes. But if everybody does it and everybody knows about it, isn't it just part of the game? No, because there's he knows that he has to hide this. Every pitcher knows they need to hide this to do this. Major League, you're right about Major League Baseball has turned a blind eye to so many things. The head in the sand is a really... So many things. The the official emblem should be an ostrich. So when do we change it? Do we continue for another decade or 20 or 30 years to continue to do this? No. you got to clean it up because it does give a black eye, so to speak, on this sport. So you clean it up. But you don't have guys say, well, you know, it's been this way before. We've had so many people say, well, this guy did it. This guy did it before. This guy did it. Okay, forget that. Clean up the game. Own up. Take some responsibility. That's why they're giving pitchers the rosin because they do realize they don't want balls to be flying over the backstop or hit somebody in the face. So they get that with the grip. So what he's saying is like, hey, you know, uh, you know, w- without all of this stuff, you know, the substance stuff, then now I'm going to get injuries as that. Those are convenient excuses, and it's all about the timing. And, so. and again, I respect you as a former player in that, but I don't know if you realize, and I don't know the answer to yeah. it. Does the rosin help you control a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? Because everybody has one today. Yeah. That, that's why you do still see pinpoint control. The wild pitches you don't see as often. Okay, more of this tomorrow with TJ Reeves. Great stuff. Appreciate Matt Holt for joining us. BJ Armstrong talking NBA playoffs. Check us all out on every podcast platform, the iTunes, the Spotify's. It's all out there, TC Martin Show. And go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. VGK Frank and I heading to the arena. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Okay. (laughs) No crying in baseball either. Remember that.